this is Dawn Schuler, certified trainer and business consultant at the Schuler Group with the People Thrive, Companies Thrive podcast. If you've listened to some of the episodes of this podcast, you'll know that occasionally I talk about employee engagement, which is not surprising considering that's one of the core things we do here at the Schuler Group, which is to help other companies and organizations improve and increase their employee engagement. You've probably heard some of the statistics that uh, that I spout, many of them from Gallup, who has been doing that research into employee engagement for 30 plus years. And it's fascinating all the information that they've gathered over those years. Millions of people taking surveys and assessments and doing studies. It's it really is fascinating. And Gallup was bought, and I don't remember exactly the date, but it was bought by a man named Donald Clifton. And Donald Clifton had really done so much of that research uh, for years on employee engagement, what makes an employee engaged, uh, all of that. And he created an assessment called Strengths Finders. And you may have heard that. It's actually now called Clifton Strengths. But it's a, a it's an assessment that is designed to help you discover your strengths. And actually, the one of the books that he co-wrote is called "Now Discover Your Strengths." The, the The book before that was "First Break All the Rules," so that's why "Now Discover Your Strengths" makes a little bit more sense as a title. I read that book back in two thousand six, and it. I don't know if I want to say it changed my life, but it it was a huge paradigm shift for me in how I viewed myself in terms of strengths versus weaknesses. In that book, Clifton writes that it doesn't really make a lot of sense for us to put most of our focus on improving our weaknesses. He says we would be better served and we could serve better if we honed our strengths. So when I teach this uh, in a a workshop, what I'll usually do is I'll have people sign their name three times and I invite you to do this as well. Uh, If you're driving, you can imagine yourself signing your name three times. And then I ask them to switch hands and sign their names with their non-dominant hand three times. What's amusing is when, uh, when I do this, sometimes there are looks of horror <laughs> that pass over their faces. Some people are intrigued. Um, some people are like, oh, they like the challenge of let me see how I can do this. But at the end of that quick exercise, the consensus pretty much is, it makes no sense to focus on trying to get that signature with their non-dominant hand to be as good and as quick as the one with their dominant hand. It just, it makes no sense. It's a, it's a waste of time, energy, and effort. And that's a perfect example of playing to our strengths rather than focusing on improving our weaknesses. I've just recently gone through a certification program called Talent to Strength, and this company is an official partner of Gallup. So it's um, 
it's not run by Gallup, but the company itself is a licensed partner with Gallup. And so they use the Strengths Finders, Clifton Strengths assessment and tool as the basis for the work on how do you hone your strengths? How do you work on them? How can you dial them up? for greater effect, or even dial them down if the situation warrants it. The other reason I was drawn to this certification training program is because Talent to Strength has an emphasis on teams. And so some of the tools that, that we use show using, again, the Strengths Finders assessment, which tells you your top five out of 34 strengths, that there are tools that we have that can give you a roster of how everybody on your team, how their top five strengths match or overlap or where how the whole team is on the spectrum of these 34 strengths. And so it really allows you to see the makeup of your team, what the team as a whole, what its strengths are, where there might need to be, um, maybe you need to bring in somebody to to help balance it out. Like maybe there's a, a noticeable gap. And so instead of telling everybody, well, you guys just got to suck it up. You just figure it out and you guys just got to make it work, even if that's not your strength. But instead saying, okay, there's this noticeable gap. How can we fill that? We use tools uh, like the ind- uh, the individual and environment fit. And I did an episode on that uh, a few episodes back. So you might want to go listen to that. Uh, it's just, it's this fascinating ability to look at teams in a different way, of course, but then also from this place of play to your strengths and creating a strengths-based culture. And that just warms my heart, the idea that we are celebrating what makes everybody awesome instead of saying, well, you know, you're lacking in this area and this is what I want you to work on over the next year until your next employee evaluation, for example, or, oh, this, this area of weakness that you have this is such a potential area of growth for you. No, no. I, I, it aligns with my own sense of let's take what we do amazingly and celebrate and focus on that. My top five strengths, by the way, are input, which is where I collect information for useful purposes, a maximizer where I want to make everything better. I want to take something that might be working just great, but I want to make it better. I am strategic, which means I can look at the landscape, think in terms of what if statements, what if this, then this, and come up with solutions pretty darn quickly. My next strength is empathy, where actually it's individualization, individualization first before empathy, individualization, where I'm fascinated by what makes people unique. Um, 
individualization was Dr. Clifton's number one strength, his top strength, which makes sense, right? If he really thought that, oh, you know, he was fascinated, well, what makes this employee engaged or not engaged? And what, you know, these 34 areas of strengths, you can just see that it's because he was fascinated by the individual. And then empathy, which is I, I can very much sense others' emotions and understand them from that emotional standpoint. I'm actually very proud of these strengths. I, I can see how they, they work to my benefit and to my client's benefit. Um, there, there can be shadow sides, and that's always interesting too. Um, there are times where my maximizer just needs to calm down a little bit. Uh, something's been maximized enough. We don't need to maximize it anymore, dear, is kind of how I talk to my, my internal maximizer. And, and that is part of, of this whole idea of playing to your strengths as well, is seeing, here's this activity that I want to do. What's the level of performance at which I want to do it? Do, you know, we, we probably don't want to be incompetent at the very bottom, but do we need to go, you know, just to, you know, novice or intermediate or advanced or strength or masterful? Like we might think, oh, of course, any activity, we want to be masterful at it. Not necessarily so. There are some things where, you know, this particular activity just really needs to be at this, this level. Uh, for example, I was perusing, pursuing, I guess is probably the better word, uh, some art classes in what's called brush lettering. And some, some of the work that, that people do, it's, it's, it's kind of a form of calligraphy, but you're using um, like brush markers and brush pens instead of a, a formal traditional calligraphy pen. And some of it's beautiful. And so I took some classes and I practiced and I would like to get better. And what I realized when I was using the this performance model, do I want to get all the way to masterful? And I thought, no, I just, you know, I'm at, I think I was, I'm at intermediate. I'm like, I just want to get like two levels above that. I don't even need to have it be a strength or to be masterful at it. I just want to get somewhat better. And that was eye-opening that not every activity requires masterful performance. So that's another way to really play to your strengths is look at, hmm, what level of performance do I, do I need here? Does my, so for me, for Dawn, does my maximizer need to be in full force? Or, you know, maybe not because maybe speed is, is really what's important here. And I've got to get something out quickly Maybe it's the first draft of something. And then, if appropriate, later on, then I can I can dial my maximizer back up. So that consciousness and being very intentional about, say, an activity and how you bring in your strengths and, of course, your knowledge and your skills to bear can really make a difference even if it's not just a difference in the performance and the outcome of this particular activity, what about in your individual alignment and, and how you feel? And I'm going back to that um, individual and environment fit. And since I've already done an episode, I don't want to I don't want to repeat too much and bore you to tears. 
But when you are appropriate in your use of your strengths, you're probably going to feel more in balance and more in alignment. You're not going to be wasting energy. You're, uh, you're not going to go half-cocked toward needing to go in this particular way. Anyway, I could probably go on and on about the importance of first understanding your strengths and how you can more effectively use them as well as times where maybe you don't need to use them or you can dial them down a bit. If any of this is of interest to you and you'd like to talk to me about learning more and especially bringing this idea into your teams and creating strength-based teams or a strengths-based culture or strengths-based leaders, I would be delighted to talk to you about that because this is so near and dear to my heart. If you're interested, feel free to reach out at www.theshulergroupllc.com. Click on the the complimentary one-on-one consultation box at the bottom, and let's set up that call. Until next time, may you thrive.